Oh, Diet Pepsi is the worst. Don't sponsor us. Yes, please don't. <laughs> Actually, now, if I, you do want to, we'll take whatever we can get. But don't make me drink it. <laughs> and don't make me tell everybody how great yes. it is. They just sponsor us. Yeah. We'll just go Pepsi mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every now and then. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bria. What? Pepsi. Kara. <laughs> Sexy. Sexy talk. Sexy Pepsi. With you, the sun is shining 24-7. Cause when we're together, it feels like we're in heaven. If it will get dark, you'll be my million stars. I know I can lean on you. Welcome to episode 25 of Delete This History, a podcast by two besties of a certain age searching for answers. We're your hosts, Bria Brown. And Kara Birch. Hello. Hi. I got the giggles right. I know because I breathed out that I breathed in. (laughs) You're like that. Your friend is. (laughs) 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 She would talk on her hand breath all the time. I can't do it. I don't know how she did that. She just did not want to pause to take a breath. I know people like that. Um, I think the one thing that we really do need to talk about is. Oh, I know. Kansas City. We're going back to the Super Bowl. I'm excited. Oh my gosh. I get, I'm so excited that I watched that <laughs> video that I sent to you this morning. It was a great video. I mean, everybody should watch it. It was the seven minutes of nothing but Patrick Mahomes' mic from the Ravens game. Yeah. It was awesome, and it got me super pumped. I was running behind. I was running late. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you stopped to watch it. And I still watched that thing. (laughs) I didn't stop to watch it. I held it up while I was brushing my teeth. (laughs) I'm brushing my teeth watching it. And then I put it on, you know, I've got my little stand on my my phone case, and I put it up on a stand so I could watch it. But I didn't have my glasses on because I'm putting my makeup on. But it was fine just to be able to hear it. Yeah, it's just audio. But it gave he, me the chills. I know, me too. It was fun to rewatch that. I'm just going to start saying to you all the time. Give me the ball. No. Oh. What? <laughs> attitude, 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 attitude. Composure! 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 <laughs> Give me the ball. Give me the ball. That's my favorite one. Give me the ball. He really likes to repeat things. Yes, he's a repeater. He just, he was going all the way down the sideline yes. on the bench just going, attitude, attitude, attitude. <laughs> That's going to be my morning mantra from now on. And I'm going to listen to Patrick. He's going to yeah, be yeah. the voice in my head. Attitude, attitude. It's like Kermit the Frog telling you attitude. <laughs> hey, listen, everybody. We know that Patrick's voice is funny. And we know he walks a little bit funny. Like he's holding in a fart. And we know he runs a little bit funny, kind of like a grandma power walking at the mall. But we don't care because there's magic in that weirdness. Yes, there is. I mean, he's just amazing. And he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. So lay off and stop being such haters. Yeah, people are like, all of a sudden, (sighs) he's. This is how it was for Patriots. Well, it was. And you know what? It's okay. I'm going to just soak it up and take it. It's fine. Be haters. (laughs) You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to shake it off. Shake (sighs) it off. Oh, no. (laughs) Please. Please, please. Oh, correct. Um, So I did have something in the chat time about football games. I don't want to go on and on and be be obnoxious about the Super Bowl. I also have something in my chat about football games. Okay. Hit me. So I found the picture that I was trying to find of 
Gronk's IFB during the NFC oh. championship halftime? Did you find it? No, but when they talked after the game was over. Oh, I didn't watch the post game yes, stuff. We watched post game and I saw it then and Sean and I were dying. He said, what is happening? I have a picture on my computer right now because I thought, well, maybe you forgot about it or didn't get to see it. Show me. It is so funny. Now, we've worked in television. Yes. So we know people who wear IFBs, and they're they're supposed to be inside your ear. Yes. Usually. These look like old-fashioned hearing aids like that he's got on. the very first hearing aids ever made. <laughs> they're sticking so far out of his ears. Like, who would they have been made for? Because he's a giant, so I can't imagine they're too big for him. I think someone was playing a prank on him. They're like, hey, you need to use these this week because your normal ones are messed up. <laughs> I, was... I need Gronk to go away anyway. Why? I don't like him. Oh, you I, don't? He is probably the most annoying person to me in that whole group. Oh, see, I really like Gronk. I didn't like him Ugh. when he played football because the commercials and everything, he always plays a stupid person, like a bimbo. Oh, I think. Because he is. No, no. And I think he's a lot smarter than he makes out to be. And that annoys me when people play dumb. I, okay. I mean, I'll. Now, I've I'm seen listening. him on New Heights. And I've seen him do other interviews. And I think he does a pretty good job. Okay. I, you know. As an analyst. Maybe you are just biased. I have never liked him. Yeah. And so I just already automatically have like a visceral reaction like, when oh, I see not him. This guy. I can't. He just annoys me. I want to mm. just tell him. I don't know. What? Just, that's you, my What do you want to tell him? Shut up. Oh, okay. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So the thing that I ran across this morning, I was checking Instagram real quick to make sure we hadn't had any stuff. And I was invited by the Kansas City Chiefs account to join. Oh, yes. So I joined, and so now I'm getting little things from them. One of the things they sent me was the now streaming episode of the franchise. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Have you been watching this? Uh-uh. How do I not know about this? I don't know. I'm just on YouTube all the time. Oh. So I know about it, because YouTube is like, hey, do you want to watch this? And I'm like, mm. I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to watch some of them. Yeah, I mean. The one that they sent me today is covering the Ravens game. Mm -hmm. It's like the whole Ravens game. And so I'm kind of interested to see what that's about. Yeah. Okay. I figured you had to have known about that, especially, like you said, since it was on YouTube. Yeah. But you've just never talked about it. And I was like, oh, See, I don't go on YouTube for that stuff. Why? I don't know. I'm just very compartmentalized on YouTube. That's where I go to get my history fix. Isn't that weird? It is weird. Because I, I subscribe to a lot of history channels. I mean, it's not weird that you subscribe, but no. it's weird that yeah. you think YouTube is where I need to go for my history stuff. Yeah, that's where I have all my subscriptions <clears throat> to all my history accounts. And I mean, there's other things I watch out there, obviously, but most of the time it's history stuff. All right. That's where Peyton and I chill together <laughs> in a mother-son way. Clint's last day is today as a soda man. Ooh. He has been schlepping soda his entire adult career almost. And now he's switching to bread. Bread. <laughs> it's a lot lighter. A lot lighter. 
on his old man body. Okay. Congratulations, Clint. He's a bimbo now. That's <laughs> the name of the company. I know. So weird. I know. Anyway, I've never heard of them, but apparently they're like the biggest bread distributor in town. I know. I had never heard of them either. In fact, I did a little research as I think a couple weeks yeah, ago. It was, it was in my yeah. yeah. Um, they have a lot of brands. Uh-huh. The cool thing is I don't think we have to be brand loyal. Ugh. Yes. We had to be so brand loyal. You can start drinking Dr. Pepper now. Yeah. Or buying it at least and I mean we still drink it. <laughs> oh. But Clint can be seen buying it. Are you serious? Yes, technically speaking. He wasn't allowed to have his uniform on and buy a Coke product. Because, <laughs> you know. It's the man getting you down. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> so now we can buy any effing soda we want. So we, what's the first one you're going to buy? Um, I really like, actually, all the sodas that we oh. were forced <laughs> to buy before. <laughs> um, I... I do like Coke better than Pepsi. Oh, me too. Yeah. For sure. So I'll be switching back. Anyway, he's pretty excited to be um, switching jobs. It's always exciting and a little scary. Mm -hmm. That'll be a good move, though, I think. I think so, too. Anyway, what else do you want to talk about? I am ready to move on. Okay, good, because we're not here to talk about our husband's professional development. Mm -mm. We're here to share our internet search histories. Mm -hmm. How are we going to do that? With the reading of the lists. Yes, ma'am. Okay. I get to go first today. You know why? Because it's Weirdo Week. It is Weirdo Week. Mm -hmm. It's an odd week. It's episode 25. It's 25. It's our silver anniversary. It is our silver anniversary. Mm -hmm. This has been the best 25 episodes of my life. I thought you were going to say years. Okay, here's my list. (laughs) Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Gosh. Okay. Number one, Wilma Plaster. Number two, Gray Man, South Carolina legend. Oh, number no. Three. Are you going to do another one of these scary ass? Sorry, go ahead. Maybe. <laughs> number three, Sushi Origins. Number four, Lucid Car. Number five, Sweet Pickles Bus. Oh, yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I had a flash of... The, Creepypasta? The, no. The, the Black Eyed Kids? No. Keep going. Name all the weird things you bring up. (laughs) (laughs) The guy on the boat with no face and the axe. Oh, yeah, that guy. The ghost. Yeah, he wasn't a guy. He was a ghost. Yeah. Like that flash is Mm -hmm. like almost like it almost like made my body move when I felt it. Yeah, it is creepy. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That was my fault. You can yell at me while I read my five. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, here it goes. But don't scare me because I might pee a little bit. (laughs) Number one. Has Chief's success created more KC tourism? Number two, Masters of the Air, Spielberg Hanks World War II movie. Number three, Brood 19 and Brood 13 Emergence. Number four, Alabama first state to carry out execution by nitrogen gas. Number five, trifecta meaning and etymology. Oh, excellent. I didn't yell at any of those. You didn't. I was going to, but I was too enraptured. (laughs) Or something like that. And I was really waiting with bated breath Mm -hmm. to play a little game we like to call (gasps) 
Search me! Where we each pose one question to each other and see if we can answer based only on the... Reading of the list. That's right. One question. One One. question. Just one. Kara, today you're playing for this Mm -hmm. super cool tablet stylus. Oh, shit. I actually need one of these. Do you? Well, there you have it. No more tapping away like a heathen on your (laughs) tablet (laughs) with your dirty fingers. Yes. Now you have this beautiful stylus. Ooh, Ooh, I like. Mm -hmm. It has a little mesh. It's different than others that I've seen. Yeah, it doesn't have that silicone bulb ending, so it doesn't stick. Oh. On your screen, it slides. It, it slides and glides. Whoa! I'm gonna test this out on my phone to see if I, how hard I want to see how win. slidey glidey it Ooh. is. Okay, and then take the cap off the end of it. That comes off, and it has another side. It's bigger. Yes, it has another side that is wider. Yes. Oh. So when you do your electronic crossword puzzles crossword puzzles logic puzzles nice precise oh my gosh no more fat fingering i love it and i love a clean screen yeah see no germs Mm. pretty cool hit me your question is what did i immediately have to search after hearing something on a youtube video that made me flash back ridiculing one of your co-workers for being uncultured. <gasps> Sushi origins. Correct. Oh, interesting. Picture it. Roy Birch Studios. Last week, we were discussing the top 10 favorite foods of certain countries based on some questionable lists that you'd found. Yes, very. That we doubted quite highly in a couple of places. Now, one of your coworkers thought sushi would be number one for both Japan and China. And we scoffed and we, we rolled our eyes scoffed. and I might've called them a clueless whitey because <laughs> it takes one to know one. Now it's time for us to eat something that was on none of those lists. Crow. Okay. Here's why. It's true that favorite foods in China and Japan are going to be different because they have vastly different cultures. Right. Okay. But your clueless coworker inadvertently fell on something to associate sushi with China. Oh, okay. I'm all ears. I was watching Weird History Food. Yes. On YouTube because that's my history place. History source. Mm -hmm. And it's a great YouTube channel that delves into the history of different foods. As the title suggests. And you would love it, Miss History of Wafele's Lady. <laughs> I do love food shows and I do love history. It's the perfect blend. Okay. Okay. Excited. So, anyway, they were talking about all kinds of currently popular foods and how they originally came about, like pizza, tacos. I don't think Wafele's were on there, but. Mm. And one of them was sushi. Okay. And they said it originated in China. Oh, my gosh. And I almost fell off my bed. And then I immediately got to tapping on my phone. (laughs) That is very... I am surprised by that. I am, too. It originated in China between the 5th and 3rd centuries BCE. Dang! As a matter of fact. It was a means of preserving fish and salt. Mm -hmm. The original form of sushi was called narazushi 
generally speaking, it's made of rice and fish pickled together mixed with rice vinegar and sake, laid under a large stone to prevent decay and left to ferment. Mm. However, the rice was used primarily to encourage the fermentation and was discarded so that only the fish was eaten. Oh. Then, in later years, much, 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 much later Mm. years, when they had to be a little bit more economical, that's when people started eating the rice along with the fish. Okay. Okay, so this type of sushi is still enjoyed today, particularly in Japan's ancient capital, Kyoto. Mm-hmm. But the bite-sized fish on rice we would recognize more is actually called nigirizushi. Mm-hmm. And it first became popular in Japan in the late 1800s. And then rolled sushi, my fave, mm-hmm. is called Mekazushi. Okay. Now, were those developed in Japan or were those developed in China? Japan. Okay. So China was the kickoff. Well, okay. If that coworker ever starts listening, I apologize. I think it was an accident <laughs> based on what I know about yes. this person. Yeah, I think so too. But, all right. I stand corrected. I will be the first to say I was wrong. I could not believe it. I can't believe it either. I never heard about that. Mm-mm. So there you go. Mm, oh, man, I love some sushi. Me too. Get in my belly. Man. And I always make myself sick eating sushi because I eat so much. <laughs> it's because it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And then the rice goes <laughs> and expands in your stomach. And you're like, oh, no. It's not okay. It's like wine drunk. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm on the floor. <laughs> Is Bria okay? I'm puking in a pan. <laughs> Wearing a shell necklace. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Lord. That was um, a really good search, and I'm glad that you looked it up and ser- uh, shared it with us. Now, I mean, obviously, I boiled it way, 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 way down. Oh, sure. And I'm, I might have gotten some things wrong, so because that's just my brand. But I got my information from Weird History Food and Eat Japan magazine. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. What am I playing for? So, because it is our silver anniversary. Oh my gosh, you really? Yes. It's amazing. <laughs> the stylus has a little bit of silver it does. on it. Um, yes. Oh yeah, this is mine now. Yeah. What? I love it. I can't wait to use it. All right. It goes with everything too. It's a little black stylus. <laughs> This is your, I, you just have to see it first and then I'll tell you, I'll explain a little bit. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> it's a festive tin can. All right. Okay. A couple of weeks ago in my grocery order. Yeah. I had just a can with no label in it. The label wasn't in the bag. I think someone punked me. What? So I don't know what's in it. It's just a silver can. A mystery can. It's a mystery can. And so I had just happened to have this silver ribbon. Have you shaken it? Yeah. I I predict it's either corn or green beans. Oh, so it's liquidy. It's liquidy. Here, we'll do a little ASMR. Oh, my gosh. The ribbon on top is so cool. Oh. Can't really hear the liquid. Sorry. No. But this is your silver... <laughs> And your question is... Okay, I'm ready. Oh, my gosh. What? Did you not write a question? I wrote a question for a different prize. Oh, and the question related to the prize. Yes. 
Oh, no. It totally did. All right. So. But the answer's still the same. Okay. I'm going to shift. I'm going to pivot. Oh, my gosh. You're going to have to ad lib. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Well, I mean, I ad lib. I mean, listen to all of our podcasts. I ad lib all the time. <laughs> uh, it hurts. All right. So the previous prize I was going to give you was in a multiple of three. Okay. There were three little items. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Which of my searches would have been associated with multiples of three? Trifecta. Trifecta. I don't have to look because that's one of my favorite words. Well, I thought I knew what trifecta meant. Maybe I don't know either. Well, I think you probably do. Maybe I'm using it wrong. I thought it just meant a group of three things together that accomplish something amazing. Uh-huh. That's a very good summary definition. Oh, thank you. And that is pretty close. Here's what Merriam-Webster says. Know it all. If re- <laughs> refers to a group of three usually desirable things such as, this is their example, which is whatever, the trifecta of curing cancer, ending hunger, and putting to end a war. That would be an amazing trifecta that is never going to happen. Here is an example that's <laughs> a little more down to earth. I mean, that's like, come on, Merriam-Webster. And this is more in our wheelhouse anyway. Yeah, okay. From the Dolphins' 21-yard line late in the third quarter, Christian Wilkins hit the trifecta, a quarterback sack, forced fumble, and fumble recovery. Yes. To me... That's the trifecta. That tracks more than curing cancer, ending hunger, and ending world war. Because, A, they're all related, and they happen at the same time. I thought it was the same time type of thing. Yeah, um, but these days, the word trifecta, as with many words these mm-hmm. days, can be used just however the hell you want to use it. That's right. Because, you know, you're you. and Don't tell me how to use words. That's exactly right. <laughs> However, the origin of this word appeared in the 1970s as a term for a horse racing bet in which the first, second, and third place finishers are chosen in the correct order. Oh, like you hit the trifecta. Yep. Yes. The word trifecta combines the prefix tri, meaning... You want to try that again? (laughs) You know how some people say three and they roll their R's? Have you ever heard that? Three. Three. Are you hanging out in other countries again? Three. I know nobody who does that. Okay. Three is what it means. (laughs) (laughs) that's the first part of the word the last part of the word comes from the word perfecta which is a word of american spanish origin that refers to horse racing bet in which the first and second place finishers are chosen correctly oh so they just took perfecta Uh and slapped a try on the front of it to make horse racing more exciting it's kind of a portmanteau yes it is. One of my favorite words. That's a good word. My source was Merriam-Webster. Excellent. Well, yes, I did learn something. Hey, that's like what it. we're here for. That's right. What else are we here for? Um, To share some history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More history than we already do. Right. Because we are oversharers. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my kids tell me anyway. What? I overshare a lot when I go pick up my groceries. 
<laughs> the people that load the groceries. You do you? Oh, that's when I really button up. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so, well, I, I started this thing where I get out of my car. You get out of your car. And I stand back there and I, I even help them sometimes. You are one of those people. Oh my gosh. I know. And now that I've done it, and I usually have the same person every week. So now it'd be weird if I didn't get out. Of, they would be like, no, they probably wouldn't care. No, I don't think so. But I, I always help load. See, I feel like I would be getting in their way because they've got a method. I, when I pull in, I get out and I set up all of my... You set up your bags. I set up yeah. my bags in the trunk and I get my yeah. trunk open. Then I go sit in my car. Yeah. And then they come up and then blah, blah, blah. And I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say, if you need to put stuff in the back seat, it's cool. Thanks. And that's it. Man, I'm going to try that this week. Do it. See, I'm oversharing. <laughs> I'm oversharing about oversharing. <laughs> well, we're not here for your oversharing. No, we're not. We're here for shared history. Correct. Where we talk about our internet search histories with our DTH besties. Yes. Okay. Okay, so my first one is kind of depressing. I have some depressing ones today. It's it's a little dark. Okay. Wilma Plastered, Willard, Missouri. Oh. This is a local true crime story from the late 80s mm. that I researched after or while listening to an episode of the podcast Small Town Murder. I'm going to skip a lot of the gorier details because they did a great job covering this. It was like a two and a half hour episode. They really do deep dives and they do a great job. Wow. So if you want to know more about this story, I suggest you check out Small Town Murder. Anyway, here's a quick recap. I'll try not to be too gory. In 1988, a teacher on her way home from work found body parts in a black duffel bag. Whoa. On the side of like a farm road. Holy crap. Near Willard. One of those body parts was a head with a gunshot wound. And all of the body parts belonged to Wilma Plaster. Wilma Plaster was a lively woman in her 60s who lived in Willard. She was the widow of a World War II veteran and a Baptist minister. And after her husband died, she started hanging out with her church girlfriends more, traveling, having fun. She still went to church every Sunday. It sounds so much like my mom. I mean, that's how my mom was. They used to go to, you know, the casino or they would go to the beach or (laughs) whatever. But she was also a fan of the Cody Brothers, a pair of Branson performers. Oh. And she joined their fan club. Or a fan club of theirs. Not the official fan club, we find out later. Okay. And that's where she met Shirley Joe Phillips. Long story short, Shirley Joe Phillips befriended Wilma, forged some of her checks. Oh, shit. And when she got caught, she killed her and dismembered her to dispose of her Whoa. body. Oh, my gosh. And it wasn't the first time she had killed and dismembered somebody when they crossed her, mostly for money. She did it to her own mother. <sighs> But she was never charged or tried for that. Whoa. Anyway, Phillips was found guilty, sentenced to death, and then she had her death sentence overturned. Mm. And now she's incarcerated for life at Chillicothe Correctional Center. Okay. So this caught my eye because I was thinking Willard. Nothing happens in Willard. Yeah. It is so low key in a good way. It's kind of an extension of Springfield. Oh, don't let them hear you say that. I know they wouldn't like that. But in my brain. Yeah. It is. It's just kind of like blurred. It's very blurred sure. between Springfield and Willard. Cause like, well, it kind of is. Somebody I know who lives fairly close to where I do, mm-hmm. his kids go to Willard schools and my kids go to Springfield schools. Mm-hmm. So geographically, it's super duper mm-hmm. tight. Yeah. I even said, don't come after me, Willard folks, when I said <laughs> I feel like it's an extension of Springfield. 
So I knew I was going to get that reaction. <laughs> okay. I'm sure your town's lovely. And I know that anything can happen anywhere. And that's the whole point of this podcast, Small Town Murders, mm-hmm. is crazy things happen in small towns. But man, and I never heard of this. This was before no. I moved here. So this is not familiar to no, you either? No, no. This it, was in 1988. When you said her name, I thought it sounded familiar. Well, there are plasters. But Plaster is a huge name around here. Yes, it is. Yeah. So it, I that's exactly what I mm-hmm. thought, is I'm just referring to that plaster but Mm -hmm. yeah so sad that is awful she had a very tight-knit family and her kids you know very successful one of her kids is kind of a brad bradshaw type of guy oh he's a doctor and a lawyer oh anyway small town murder is a comedy podcast people so um how it just is it's it's amazing i don't think i could be funny with all that they don't make fun of the victims or their families right i'm sure but they do have a little bit of fun at the expense of the towns sometimes okay and the murderers sometimes because sometimes criminals are idiots well yes and jerks and they deserve to be made fun of but they find a way (laughs) my sources were small town murder and ozarksfirst.com oh my god is that a flashback it is because of the search you just talked about, I'm going to skip the first one I was going to talk about oh, okay. and go straight to the one that's kind of in that same vein so I can just get it over okay, with. Okay, cool. And it is Alabama first state to carry out execution by nitrogen gas. Oh, maybe Shirley Joe Phillips should go get some nitrogen gas. Actually, I don't know. I'm anti-death penalty. Well, that was going to be one of my questions um, because this kind of touches on how it may be we shouldn't be doing this. I think think not <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say okay i know it i yes okay. i have strong feelings about this i do too but then something will happen and i'll be like oh but ooh, okay should you... that person still be on the planet <laughs> <laughs> once again you and i are on the same page yeah, so it's i feel the same way okay so kenneth smith a death row prisoner was executed by the state of Alabama on Thursday, January 25th, 2024, by way of nitrogen gas, despite concerns about the untested method. He was 58. I'm going to kind of go through what happened as he was being put to death. Wait, what? Can you tell us what he did first? I'll get there. Oh, you want to yes. get there afterwards. Okay, yes. I'll let you tell my... your story the way you want to tell it, okay? <laughs> my initial search was about the nitrogen gas. Okay. And then it unfolded the more I did some searching. Okay, so. gotcha. Okay. The nitrogen gas flowed for about 15 minutes, and it was administered through a mask. Um, witnesses say that he appeared conscious for about 10 minutes. Then he shook and writhed for about two minutes on the gurney, followed by five minutes of heavy breathing. So essentially, from what I can understand, I mean, we have a lot of nitrogen in the air anyway. I mean, isn't our air like 80% nitrogen or something like that that we breathe? ask me. So essentially, what the nitrogen is doing is overpowering the oxygen in your system, and you're basically suffocating. That's the way I understand it. I I may be 100% wrong about that, so please don't quote me. This is the second time Alabama has attempted to put Smith to death. In 2022, workers tried and failed to place the intravenous lines necessary to kill him for the intravenous, like lethal injection drugs. They couldn't get it done. Oh, you know what? 
a smart death row inmate would be like, I'm just not going to drink water. Just like totally dehydrate yourself and then they can't find a vein. What happens is what happened with Smith and you lay on a gurney for four hours <sighs> waiting for them to kill you. Yeah, that's terrible. I'm, it's I'm joking. Awful. I'm joking like small town murders uh, podcast people and I'm doing a terrible job of it because I'm so uncomfortable with so this. So this guy, he like had PTSD from laying oh on the gurney gosh. for four hours waiting them for them to kill him. And I'm not saying, I mean, like, some people out there are probably like, you know what, he's getting a taste of his own medicine because he did murder someone. But anyway, the Alabama Attorney General's office says that nitrogen hypoxia is the most painless, I'm quoting here, the most painless and humane method of execution known to man. Still, although research have, researchers have used gas to kill animals in 2020, the American Veterinary Medical Association says it's unacceptable to euthanize any animal with this method because it could be distressing. And that's kind of where I found the information about you're basically suffocating them and they feel like they're drowning. Oh, so boy. after Smith's first execution failed, his lawyers requested that Alabama not attempt another fatal lethal injection, but requested the nitrogen gas which is the secondary method approved by the state of Alabama. But before Smith's second execution date was scheduled, the lawyers then started to argue against the gas, saying that it's untested, we shouldn't do it, you know, this is, this is crazy, we shouldn't kill people this way. But all of those appeals obviously were denied because he was put to death last week. Mm. Nitrogen gas as an execution method is so unusual that no one really knows the true risks of the people that are helping with the execution. Oh, my Lord. So inside the death chamber, they could have their oxygen levels drop and their nitrogen levels rise. Smith's spiritual advisor had to sign a form acknowledging that although there would be oxygen gas monitors in the room, he could be at risk for harmful exposure. And he was required to stay three feet away from Smith because the nitrogen gas could leak out around the mask or it could just like hover yeah. right in the pool around his head. Alabama has repeatedly struggled to carry out executions without mistakes over the years. And in July of 2022, the execution team took hours to set intravenous lines for prisoner Joe Nathan James. And he was ultimately executed, but his family ended up suing the state for what they believe to be one of the longest executions in U.S. history. He was supposed to be put to death at 6 p.m., but wasn't pronounced dead until 9 p.m. Just two months after that, the state was forced to halt execution of prisoner Alan Miller for the exact same reason. So going back to the Smith story. He was one of three men convicted for his role in a 1988 murder-for-hire killing of Elizabeth Sennett, who was found with multiple stab wounds in her home in Colbert County, Alabama. The victim's husband, Reverend Charles Sennett, claimed he found his wife dead in their home on Coon Dog Cemetery Road. <laughs> Coon see, Dog. This is, I know. This I is see how it. it's funny. As soon as it came out of my mouth, <laughs> I, it, I connected the dots. <laughs> she had been stabbed and beaten with a fireplace implement. In what investigators would soon conclude was a murder for hire paid for by her husband to collect insurance money. God bless America. When authorities started to investigate Reverend Stennett's link to the hitman, each of whom he paid $1,000, he killed himself. Well, thanks for saving us some money. 
Smith's path to the death chamber has not been straightforward. After he was brought to trial in 1989, 10 of 12 jury members voted that he should receive the death penalty. But that conviction was later reversed when it was revealed that prosecutors had unconstitutionally struck black jurors from the pool. When Smith was retried in 1996, all but one juror voted against the death penalty and recommended he spend life in prison instead. Mm. But the trial judge... Pride Tompkins overruled the jury and imposed a death sentence. Mm. The Alabama statute that allows judges to override jury recommendations has since been replaced. Yeah. What the F is the point? What is the whole point of that whole thing? Otherwise, just say, I just want a bench trial. Because if the judge is just going to make all the decisions anyway. And I just like, oh my gosh, I got so mad at that. Whatever. That judge knows better than those. Right. I'm smarter than you. That was the retrial. So we've been through one trial that was rigged, essentially. And then the second trial, the judge is like, meh. I liked the first um, judgment better. So I'm just going to pick that one. (laughs) Anyway, the two other hitmen were John Forrest Parker and Billy Gray Williams. Parker was executed in 2010. Williams, who was sentenced to life in prison, died in 2020. My sources were NPR and the Alabama Reflector.com. What a story. What? Why don't we just go back to Firing Squad? Exactly. I was thinking the same thing if when we, I was reading you this. You know, if we're really okay with the government killing people. Right. Then just, just do a Firing Squad. Just do a Firing Squad. I don't understand. I mean, well, whatever. I could talk about this for a really long time, but I'm not gonna. That's probably... For the best. (laughs) (laughs) That is the end of that search. All right. What were your sources? I already said NPR and the Alabama (laughs) Reflector.com. I'm sorry. It's okay. I was probably so high up on my on my soapbox. Your very tall horse. That the air was really thin up there and I didn't hear that. It's all right. Okay. (sighs) Do you want to talk about something lighter? Please. How about the gray man South Carolina legend? Okay, yes. Okay, you're going to like this. Okay, okay. This is not a scary legend. This was a search prompted by Jackie. Okay. Who, while we were watching football, because she's got great timing, (laughs) she said, I've got a good search for your podcast. People. It's not how it works. I would like to take a minute here for a public service announcement. By BB. The concept of the podcast is us searching for things that we need to search for because we don't know about them for whatever reason throughout the week, organically. It's an organic process. And some of them are funny because we're clueless. And some of them are serious because we are interested in a death penalty case or whatever. But it's not being told what to search Mm -mm. by people. In fact, I probably won't search something you tell me I should search. Yeah, usually I don't. Okay, because I'm like, that's not how this works. And you can't tell me what to do. (laughs) Suck it. Anyway. However. I looked this up to humor her. Okay. And it was actually pretty interesting. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) I know. So here we go. What is the legend of the gray man? The gray man is a South Carolina ghost said to warn locals before hurricanes. He's been described as a man wearing gray clothing, a long coat, dressed kind of, quote, like a pirate, and sometimes having no legs. 
So he's kind of like floating. In the past 200 years, locals say the gray man has appeared before each of the five major hurricanes to make landfall on Pauly's Island, among them Hurricane Hugo in 1989. Mm. Remember that bad boy? Heck yeah, I do. That was a big one. That's the first one I really remember. Me too. Legend holds that the gray man is the ghost of a young man traveling from Charleston. Oh. Hey, hey, Charleston. Shout out to Charleston. To see his fiance in 1822. On the way, he and his horse were caught in the quicksand-like pluff mud. Shut up. Uh-huh. In the marshes of the low country before Polly's Island and died. What a horrible way to go. <laughs> Dying in pluff mud? Yeah, for those who don't know, pluff mud is generated mostly from decaying Spartina grasses, Fish, crabs, shrimp, etc. And the smell from the anaerobic bacteria devouring it. It smells like rotten eggs. It smells like death. Yeah, it's basically the bacteria farting. It is. (laughs) (laughs) That is like, that's a really good insult. You are a bacteria fart. (laughs) It stinks real bad. It is so awful. But it's only during certain times of year. Correct. It's the times of the year where it's going from fall to winter. Ooh, it's bad. And it has a very mighty sucking power. Oh. Because it's a very thick, viscous <laughs> mud. Okay. Back to the gray man. Since his death by pluff mud, his spirit has haunted the shore nearby looking for the girl he loved. Mm. In the meantime, he also likes to warn people <laughs> about hurricanes. He's your neighborhood-friendly meteorological ghost. When people in the area see him, they know a hurricane means business, and it's time to go. I actually saw some social media posts where somebody had said they saw the gray man like on a pier, and there was a picture that they included, and you can kind of just see like a, I don't know, I don't, I, I couldn't really see it, but anyway, and she was like, she was like, oh lordy, it's time to go, lordy, and here's an even crazier detail. Okay, people who have allegedly encountered the spirit have credited him with saving them or their homes. There was a couple who said they saw the gray man on a walk, and there had been an evacuation order that they were going to ignore, and they saw the gray man while they were on a walk, and they said. You know, on second thought, I think we should probably leave. And they left, and their house was the only one left standing (gasps) in their neighborhood. What? So they could have stayed. That's what I said. (laughs) That's what I said to Jackie. I said, so they they might as well have stayed. If you see the gray man, you're immune. Right. It's like a lucky charm. You tell everybody else, you better get on out of here. But I saw the gray man, so I get to stay. Exactly. Wow. (laughs) My sources were Wikipedia, Southern Living, and Charleston Magazine. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, Charleston. Oh. I want to go back. You know, I'm reading a chiclet book right now that oh. takes place in Charleston. Mm-hmm. That was so delightful. Yeah, it is. All right. My next search is light as well. Good. The search was, yes. does the chief's success mean more tourism for Missouri? I was curious because, you know, with success... You know, people get curious. They're like, hey, what's going on there in Kansas City? You got a really good team. Maybe I should go check that out. Yeah, like the aerials from the game look nice. Yeah. So I found an article 
as I searched this, that said certain publications such as the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Essence Magazine, and Lonely Planet have all named Kansas City as a top travel destination for 2024. Oh. But none of them talked about football. Oh, okay. Hmm. What they did mention was the airport's sweet new terminal. Are you kidding me? If you travel someplace just to see their airport, you're a loser. No, no. They're saying it's a nice airport to come into. Okay. I believe. Like, And while you're here, it's a pleasant travel experience as well. Right. Okay. They also mentioned the sleek downtown streetcar that opened in 2016. Have you seen that thing? Like if you picture a monorail train, the body is kind of shaped like a monorail, but it's on like trolley tracks on the ground. Oh, no, I guess I haven't. I had never seen it either. I kind of want to go ride it. Uh, I love trains. These magazines also mentioned the American Jazz Museum, the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, mm-hmm. and of course, the famous Kansas City Barbecue. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure it doesn't hurt that Tay-Tay spending a lot of time there now, too. <laughs> These next highlights were interesting to me, and so I searched them a little bit further. On March 16th of this year, Uh The Kansas City Current Soccer Team, which is a women's (gasps) soccer team, (laughs) will open its $117 million stadium for the first time. And it is the first stadium built by a National Women's Soccer League for a female sport. It's one of the few in the world constructed specifically. And who's one of the owners? Patrick Mahomes. But more importantly, Brittany Mahomes. She's one of the founders. She's one of the founders of the soccer team. Yes. yes. She was a co-owner with the Longs. And mm. then Patrick was like, you know what? I want I will, in on this. I will also invest because Brittany was a soccer player. And mm-hmm. she actually played in Iceland professionally for a while. Mm-hmm. She's a fitness guru. Mm-hmm. She has her own fitness business. Did you know that? No. It's called Brittany Lynn Fitness. Oh, I know. Check it out. She's got a website. You know, it's really shocking that I wouldn't know about a fitness business. I was also surprised I didn't know about it. Because I am just so <laughs> into that. So the stadium, it's super cool. You guys should look up pictures of it. My brother was talking about it. He travels oh. often to Omaha, and he has to go right past it Oh, when he travels there. And he said, it is super cool. Does he cross the Christopher J or the Christopher S Bond Bridge? He must. Because that's where it's located. The Kit Bond. It's by the Kit Bond Bridge. I guess, yeah. Construction began in 2022. The capacity is currently at 11,500. So it's got, that's how many people can fit in there. However, the stadium design allows for expansion to 20,000 in the future. The name of the stadium is really hard to say. When I was researching this, I saw multiple reporters mispronouncing. (laughs) Awesome. And they're like, I'm so sorry. We're going to get used to this name. We're going to be able to say it. It's brand new to us. It's the CPKC Stadium. CPKC Stadium. People will probably just end up calling it the KC Stadium. But CP is apparently like their transit line. CP bought the naming rights for the stadium for 10 years. So it is the CPKC Stadium. (laughs) For at least 10 years. For at least 10 years. And then it will probably change. Up to this point, the Kansas City Current has been renting baseball stadiums, MLS facilities, but now they won't have to share space or schedule around other teams' games. That's right. They got their own home. It's all about them. 
Oh, like I said, it sits in Berkeley Riverfront Park next to the Kitbomb Bridge. Mm. That bridge carries traffic in and out of downtown Kansas City. Mm-hmm. A streetcar stop is scheduled to be open near the stadium by next year. Okay. Stadium is privately financed except for a $5.5 million tax credit from the state of Missouri. And with excitement of the new stadium, season tickets are already sold out. Oh, my. The stadium will also host lacrosse, rugby, college and high school sports, community events, and concerts. However, the priority will always remain women's soccer. Correct. Excellent. That was one of the interesting highlights that I searched. The second one is I didn't realize that Lamar Hunt is one of the founders basically of professional soccer in the US. Oh really? I had I am so glad that you didn't know this because I after reading all of this, uh-huh. I kind of felt like I was like the last human on earth. No. Lamar Hunt and his wife had seen a soccer match in Ireland before they were married. Like they were very very young and he loved it so much he went back in 1966 to watch the World Cup in England. And he was like, I got to get soccer in the U.S. This is awesome. And so in 1967, he helped, along with a lot of other wealthy people, (laughs) he helped (laughs) to found the North American Soccer League. Then he founded the Dallas Tornado, which is one of the first soccer teams in the U.S. (laughs) Great name. And most of the team members were from Europe. And then when they couldn't play anymore because injuries or they just retired or whatever, They stayed in the U.S. and they became trainers and coaches and began spreading soccer throughout Texas. After the North American Soccer League folded, which, if I understood right, it was like in the early 80s. And it wasn't gaining any traction, really. It's just, it's not been a super popular sport in the U.S. But Lamar stayed committed. And he (laughs) played a key role in the U.S. winning the bid to host the 1994 World Cup Tournament. However, one condition that FIFA imposed was the creation of a professional soccer league, and thus the Major League Soccer MLS was born in 1993. Despite soccer's lack of popularity in the U.S. at that time, the 1994 World Cup was the most financially successful in World Cup history and broke tournament attendance records that, had, that have stood unsurpassed as of 2022. Whoa. Lamar's presence was so important to the MLS that he was permitted to purchase two franchises. La-dee-da. The Kansas City Wiz. Oh, I remember the Wiz. Which was later renamed the Wizards. Yes. And the Columbia Crew. To honor Hunt's various efforts, the U.S. Open Cup was renamed the Lamar Hunt Cup by the U.S. Soccer Franchise in 1999. The same year... Lamar was awarded the National Soccer Hall of Fame Medal of Honor for extraordinary individuals whose positive contributions to soccer and the national level affected the course of soccer history in the United States. Whoa. Strap in. Here's the list of my sources. Oh, my gosh. Okay. KCTV, KY3, Wikipedia, Kansas City Star, KCCurrent.com, WashingtonPost.com, NPR.com, railsystem.net, cpkcstadium.com, fcdallas.com, ussoccerhistory.org, and finally, footballhistory.org. I had no idea he was even tied to soccer whatsoever. I guess I always thought that that 
championship? Lamar Hunt U.S. Open. I guess I always thought it was named after him just because he was such a big Kansas City person, philanthropist, all around great guy. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was because he was so integral in the MLS. I also found out he was heavily involved in tennis. Oh. But I don't, I'm not a huge tennis fan, so I didn't. I didn't go through and search all that, so. It's <laughs> for another day. Tennis is impressive to me. Yeah. But I just don't, I don't know. I just never gotten into it. I was driving past some tennis courts on my way here, and I thought, you know, Karen, and I should take up tennis. And I started laughing, and I thought, if we want to die. And pee in our pants. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I totally would. <laughs> if we want to die. Are you ready to talk about the Sweet Pickles bus? Absolutely. Good. We talked about Sweet Pickles last week, and I even sang the song. It was wonderful. (laughs) Incorrectly, as it turns out. Oh, no. I know that's not shocking. But at least I have the excuse that I have not heard that song since I was, like, little. I was impressed that you knew it. Like, maybe eight. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Are you going to sing the correct version this week? I'm going to play the correct version. Oh, okay. This week. Fun. Okay. Isn't it funny how when you're a little kid, you don't understand anything? (laughs) Like, to me, it was a show, number one, on Nickelodeon. Not true. It was a program where they would come around in the Sweet Pickles bus and come to schools. Not true. (laughs) Yes. I got all this from a commercial. It was a book club, kind of like Weekly Reader or I Can Read or one of those things where you could order books in the mail. Okay. Let me play the commercial. Okay. It's it's a minute long. Oh, okay. But... We've got time. I'm going to play it. And then that way, everybody can hear from their own lips what it is. Okay. Maybe. Hear from their own lips? I don't know. (laughs) Hear from the commercial what, what it is. Here comes the Sweet Pickles bus. Smart moms know how kids' minds grow upon Sweet Pickles. Your child's head start for school starts with his free Sweet Pickles preschool bus. There are stickers, games, puzzles, and hours of fun inside. They'll make learning basic skills like numbers and letters seem like child's play to your two to six-year-old. So they'll love to learn. Honest. I think it's excellent. (laughs) Sweet Pickles! Call this number today and we'll send you this Sweet Pickles bus filled with dozens of learning activities free. We'll also send your first activity pack on approval for only $3.49 plus delivery. If you like it, you'll get two new packs about every four weeks at the same low price. There's never any obligation to buy. Call now and we'll send the Sweet Pickles bus to your door. You pretty much sang that correctly. I had the words wrong, which is not... What did you say? I said, smart moms know so kids might grow. And this is smart moms know how kids' minds grow. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, I was little. Okay, I was little. I was like that kid who was like, I think it's excellent. (laughs) When I watched that whole commercial again floods of memories i remembered those kids i remembered exactly what they said it was crazy Mm -hmm. anyway 
allegedly the Sweet Pickles bus would come and bring you your first delivery. And it was like this tackle box type thing that was like a bus, but it would open up at the top. It was like a VW bus. Yeah. It would open up at the top and you could put all your books in your activity packs that you would get in your Sweet Pickles bus. (laughs) The books are set in the fictional town of Sweet Pickles and are about anthropomorphic animals with different personalities and behavior. There are 26 animals, Mm. one for each letter of the alphabet, Mm -hmm. half are male, half are female. Oh, wow. And they were published in 1977 and went out of print in the mid-90s. The series name is a pun. This is what you were looking for, Kara. Yes. In each book, the main character gets into a pickle, a different situation, because of an all-too-human personality trait. Like the curious cow. Okay. And he would get into a pickle because of his curiosity. Okay. Okay. Like that. I got it. Okay. So did you get those books? No. <sighs> we were members of the I Can Read Club. I mean, oh, okay. we did have a book club. Okay. And we would get books in the mail. But the Sweet Pickles bus never came to my house. Mm-hmm. I really wanted Sweet Pickles. Bad. Bad. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, you wanted your mind to grow. <laughs> do you ever did your school do the scholastic oh yeah <gasps> the book fairs best. were my jam no we didn't have book fairs why not but like once a month you got that oh, yeah. little is like newspaper yes um I, and you look yeah. through it for your books and my yeah. parents actually did buy me some stuff oh, out yeah. of those books and that was the best we were always allowed to get something from yes. the scholastic um monthly thing yes but then they never had a book fair at your school? Not that I remember. If they did, my parents were like, you can't go. They still do it. Oh, my gosh. And I'll, I'll tell you what. The first time I went to a scholastic book fair yes. as a grown-up, as a parent, I really thought I was going to pee my pants. I was so excited. I, <laughs> I don't doubt it. It made me feel like a kid all Aww. over again. But they they roll in like these shelves that are on wheels, and they open them up. And there's bookshelves. Oh. And they set them up in the library. And all the books that are in the metal shelves you can buy. And they're books that you can find in the Scholastic Flyer. Ooh. But they're actually there and you don't have to wait for them to come to you. We did not have that at our school. And they also had like posters, pencils. Uh, erasers did you ever get any posters from the scholastic i wasn't allowed i did get some posters like i got the one with the cat that's like hang in there it was strictly if you want books you can have books well sometimes didn't you get like a free poster if you bought so many dollars worth of books or something maybe we never did buy that many Oh, man, I loved the day we got that Scholastic thing. Like, I'm getting chills thinking about it because it was so exciting. I just love books. I do, too. I love them so I'm much. so glad you searched that. I had to because, first of all, I was like, I know I didn't get that song right. <laughs> you know what, though? You sounded just like those little kids. <laughs> I mean, like, identical. <laughs> I know. It was oh a blast from the past. That I was mean. awesome. Okay, I'm going to talk about... Masters of the Air, which I thought was a movie, and it's being produced by Spielberg and Hanks. Okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I saw this advertised somewhere, but I don't 
need to be convinced to watch this. You say Masters of the Air Spielberg Hanks. I, yeah. To paraphrase Joey Tribbiani, Spielberg, good. <laughs> Hanks, good. <laughs> World War II, good. <laughs> I'm there. I know. Here's the synopsis from IMDb. It's going to give me chills, isn't it? I'm ready. During World War II, five miles above the ground and behind enemy lines, 10 men inside a bomber known as a flying fortress battle unrelenting flocks of German fighters. In Band of Brothers fashion, this mm-hmm. is a multi-episode miniseries, essentially. About dog fights. About dog fights. <laughs> and freaking, it's on freaking Apple TV. Oh. That is the appropriate response. Hmm. I thought it was going to be a movie in the theater, but no. When I searched it, it became available on January 24th. And I think they're releasing like one episode a week. So I think maybe three episodes are available now. Here is one review that I found that I wanted to read to you because it made me giggle. Okay. My husband and I are very impressed with this show. Two episodes in, it's one of the most visually stunning things I have ever seen. It makes me so grateful that I spent way too much money on the best TV I could find over Christmas. (laughs) Hey, silver linings. So, but I mean, all of the reviews, there were some bad reviews, but you know, haters are going to hate. But um, it looks so good. I watched so many trailers for the show. It just looks so good. And... You know who is one of the main characters? Austin Butler, who you criticized as a non-Elvis Elvis. Well, he's probably good at being a dogfighter. <laughs> he just doesn't look like Elvis. <laughs> there are so many people in this. I mean, the list. Oh, yeah. It's I like think Band of Brothers. it's going to be like Gosh. Band of Brothers. So in 10 years, we're going to watch this again and be like, oh, that person's famous. Yeah. Oh, look, he was in that. It's yes. going to be, it's so fun to watch Band of Brothers and go, oh my gosh. I know. There's Ron Livingston. Or it's fun to be listening to a podcast about Spartans. <laughs> and they mention the name of a character and you picture him in your head from 300. Yes. You picture him in your head and you're like, oh, that's the same guy who played Prince Charles in The Crown. <laughs> <laughs> Only 15 years ago. And then you look him up. No, I didn't look oh, him up. Oh, you didn't? No, because I was... I was too busy picking myself up off the floor. I couldn't believe it was the same guy. And then right after I made the connection, they said the actor's name, Dominic West. Yeah. 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 In the podcast. And I was like, I was so right. Good job. My brain does still work sometimes. Sometimes. But I could see him so clearly in my head from 300. Mm -hmm. And then side by side in the crown. And it was like, I was so... (laughs) Amazed by that connection. <laughs> I seriously, I had to take a moment. Oh my gosh. So we have to subscribe to Apple TV to get this series. Yes, we do. My sources for that search were IMDb and Apple TV. Okay. My last search is Lucid Car. Yes. I pulled up to a stoplight next to a pretty sweet looking futuristic car this week. And on the back, like across the trunk, it said Lucid. And I couldn't read the part that was the name of the car. Come on, designers. Can you use some fonts that old people can read? (laughs) I just like make it readable. Otherwise, how am I going to know what kind of car to buy? Right. 
Probably not this one anyway, because they're $75,000. The Lucid Air is what it's called. Okay. It's a long-range electric sedan with many different body trims. Lucid also makes another model called the Gravity. It's a mid-sized SUV. It's pretty cool looking. Uh Uh-huh. And it's a nice alternative to the Tesla. Uh Uh-huh. Just saying. These cars have won awards recently. Okay. Many awards. And they are luxury cars. Like I said, about $75,000 is where they start. So Mm -hmm. I won't be getting one. But they're designed in California and they're built in the USA. Ah! So how about that? Wow. That's pretty rare. Yeah. This one still had the temporary tags. Temp tags. Temp tags. Though it was brand new to these people. Wow. And it was was pretty sweet looking. Never heard of it. I hadn't either. Interesting. Till now. So people are catching on. Excellent. I love it. Yes. We needed more options rather than Tesla. Yes. Also, the Lucid car, one of the things that's the big um, kind of draw is that they have smaller batteries. Oh, okay. So battery technology is getting better. Sinking. And that's what's important because to manufacture the batteries for these electric cars is what's making them not as environmentally friendly as they could be. Mm-hmm. See, smart people. Mm-hmm. Smart moms. No. Kiss. Those people had a they sweet had, pickle box. They did. They got sweet pickles when they were little. Mm-hmm. So they make these great cars and with littler batteries. That's exactly right. My source was lucidmotors.com. Okay. Just a quick one. Uh, This next one kind of is not quick, but I'm going to try to get through it. All right. Come on, girl. Brood 19 and Brood 20 emergence in 2024. It's the simultaneous emergence of two cicada broods from Virginia to Illinois sometime in late April through June of this year. Brood 19 and Brood 13. Much of the eastern United States can prepare for what one entomologist is describing as, quote, a spectacular macabre Mardi Gras. So a, a cicada hatching slash migration slash they're going to be everywhere. In Kentucky in 1987, there was a huge cicada something. They were everywhere. They were all over people's cars. Periodical cicadas, which have the longest known insect life cycle, spend most of their life underground in an immature nymph form before surfacing every 13 or 17 years for a brief adult life. A brood constitutes multiple species of cicadas that merge on the same cycle. Okay. Oh my gosh, they so sync you have up their cycles. Multiple species of cicadas, and they all come out at the same time in one brood. Right. Although cicadas are a valuable food source for birds and small mammals, in large numbers, their deafening sound can be annoying Uh and their carcasses a nuisance. Uh When the northern Illinois brood emerged 17 years ago, they were out in such abundant numbers that Chicagoans were having to remove them with shovels to clear sidewalks and driveways. Yes. That's how it was in Kentucky. Disgusting. The last time these two broods, 19 and 13, emerged simultaneously was in 1803. Oh, my Lord. Which makes this an extremely rare event. Thank goodness. <laughs> brood 19, also known as the Great Southern Brood, contains four species of cicadas and emerges every 13 years. The Northern Illinois Brood is on a 17-year cycle, and it contains three species of cicadas. 
Brood 19 will appear across 15 states, mostly in the South, running from Virginia to Alabama and Mississippi. Brood 13 will be concentrated across Illinois, parts of Wisconsin, Indiana, and parts of Michigan. Mm. Scientists are expecting people to see billions of cicadas during the dual emergence. People may hear or see cicadas well into September, but those will be the sounds of the annual cicadas that come out every year, mm-hmm. not the periodical cicadas that will be emerging because they will die off in June. Right. Okay. Once the ground reaches 64 degrees, the insects find their way to a nearby tree and shed their skin. Ugh. Oh, yes. It takes about four to five days for the adult males to start singing. Mm-hmm. And once they do, their songs can be louder than a jet engine. Yes. The male cicadas produce a chorus that attracts the females to the tree, and then they pair up and they have courtship songs. After mating, the female cicada lays her eggs in the tree, and then they die. All right. Not the eggs, the females. Littering the base of the tree and leaving behind what one scientist calls, quote, delicate, rotten, Limburger cheese smells. Mmm. I don't remember them smelling bad. How do we get pluff mud and rotten Limburger cheese in one podcast? Uh, We're just talented (laughs) like that. (laughs) So the cycle begins all over again when the cicada eggs drop from the tree and they return to the ground for another 13 or 17 year cycle. Mm -hmm. Although they spend years underground in an immature state, the adult lifespan of a cicada ranges only four to six weeks. At one point, all of the species in both broods could overlap in one place, creating a rare opportunity for a genetic crossing between the 13 and 17-year cicadas, leading to the emergence of a new brood. Holy crap. If you are an entomologist, you are losing your mind right now. They have got some cicada woodies. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like a horror movie to me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, cicadas won't hurt people or pets and many pets even try to eat them and it's fine it cicadas won't hurt them people should not try to spray cicadas with poison because it will harm the birds and other animals that do feed on cicadas like there's a cycle here people it's a circle of life just let it go let it go they will leave in june it's not gonna last long what other disney songs can we come up with Bare necessities. Oh, bare necessities. I was just getting ready to say the same thing. <laughs> Cicadas are the bare necessities of life. My sources were NPR, University of Connecticut, and Wilmington Star News. Fascinating. And I'm not being sarcastic. I really mean that. I loved the description. The macabre Mardi Gras. <laughs> <laughs> it is really crazy when when you're stuck in like a swarm like that oh i hope i never am that's the only time was 1987 northern kentucky we were inundated with cicadas Mm. they were everywhere and my dad bought a mercury sable station wagon that year yeah and it was like um like a metallic brown kind of shiny like cicada colored so we called it the cicada (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> he bought it the year of the, the cicada, cicada and it was shaped like a cicada and it, it was we called it the cicada that's amazing 
But what about this one? Oh, what about this one? This segment. Yeah. It's just a quick listing of our other searches from the past week that we didn't have time to discuss or were too boring. Oh, thank you for explaining that. Whew. Okay, here we go. Historian Cara Robertson. I am very tired in French. English King Longshanks. Edward II. Reese Shearsmith. Morgana Robinson. Parkview Theater Box Office. Claire Holland. Rob Bryden. Gilda Horn. Satsuma. Gronk Earpieces. <laughs> Remedies for Chronic Bloody Nose. Ugh. You're a good mom. Thanks. All right. Do you want to hear my list? I do. Here we go. Callum Turner. How are pigs different from other mammals during euthanization? <laughs> Dominic West in 300. Get out. I'm not. After you texted me, I had to look him up. He was pretty hot. So young. I know. He was His so young. His hair was so fluffy. I know. Soy sauce eggs. Cheese fans that died from exposure. What does SSR stand for? L. King drunk at Grand Old Opry. Taylor's hamburgers hours. <laughs> That's hard. Super to hard. Say. How to revert to previous version of Outlook. Strawberry cream cheese frosting recipe. The Marching Ravens. How old is Usher? 2023 tax brackets. Advertising board game value. Zero. <laughs> the Boy in the Heron movie. Um, and my last one was Dog Star's new album. Yeah. Do you have any shout outs? No. I would like to just send a big hug to all the Lions fans out there. Oh, I would too. Listener Matt and Alex J or two that spring to mind. I'm sorry. I did really feel bad for them. I did too. I feel bad when you have a coach who makes stupid decisions. And a big hug to Ravens fans too. Yeah, that was... Just because we beat you doesn't mean we don't love you. No. I'm even wearing some Ravens purple today. Yeah, you are. Just, just to show. And congrats, I suppose, to Niners fans. Oh, yeah. But... It's on now. You better believe it. It's on like Donkey Kong. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we want you to rate and review us. Oh, yes, please. I don't know why, but it helps. It does help. And tell your friends about us. Engage with us on social media. What are our social media deets? Okay. That is at DTH Gals on Instagram and threads. And delete this history on Facebook. And what's our email address our email address is delete this history podcast at gmail.com we've talked for a very long time yes we have before i get on with the rest of my day yes just busy you have a busy oh. day um not really we're gonna go hang out with our neighbors tonight and drink oh yeah okay that's all i got going on well before you do that mm -hmm. i hope you delete your history i definitely will okay all right and that's all i gotta say okay stay fresh cheese bags <laughs> bye bye Delete This History is created, written, hosted, produced, and edited by Bria Brown and Kara Birch. Theme music is so good by Orcas. Email us at deletethishistorypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and threads at DTHGals and Facebook at Delete This History. Copyright 2024. All rights reserved. 
acceptable appearance and body smell brought to you by dry shampoo and lots of deodorant.